Hello and welcome to another Video Mana. I'm Pastor Jeff Glenn and it's my pleasure to take you through the Word each week. We've started the book of 2 Thessalonians and we're going to have a great time in this book. Paul brings a lot of great truth. He's written a previous letter, as is obvious. This is the second letter to the church at Thessalonica. In the first letter, um, he was addressing concerns about end times and the return of Jesus. And that was the top of mind for the early church. And in his previous letter, he gave some details about that, like what to expect, um, Jesus's return and the end times. And, you know, even though this was the early church, there had been people who had died after coming to faith in Jesus. And so the church was was wondering, look, what's up with these people that have come to faith in Jesus and now they're they're dead? Is is the Lord um, coming for them as well? And so Paul assured them that not only would Jesus bring those who were alive at his coming with him, but he would also bring those who had come to faith and passed away based on the reality and the pattern of his resurrection. Those who were dead would be gathered together with those who were living, who were in faith in Jesus. And this follows, you know, clear teaching. He, he teaches this uh, specifically in Romans 6, 3 through 5. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So we are, we are linked with Christ in his um, life, death, and resurrection. So this is one of the promises of, of belief in Jesus, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, that you know we are joint heirs with him based on our uh, belief and and. Uh, repentance of sin. And so that's what makes the good news so great is, is think of it this way is not only uh, is the forgiveness of our sins undeserved, but it's ill-deserved. And that's not my own phrasing. I heard that, but, it, but it's a great way to think about that. What it means is that, that not only have our lives prior to Jesus been wholly undeserving of his favor and, and grace, but that also by the way that we've lived our lives, we've actively committed offenses toward him. Paul puts it this way in Romans 2, 5. Because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. So that's heavy. What that means is that our unrepentant heart um, is actually adding up wrath against us that will be paid back to us um, if we are apart from Jesus. But in Jesus, all of that wrath now has been placed on Jesus at the cross, and we get Jesus's righteousness in return. So it's a completely lopsided um, exchange. However, that's the good news, is we get Jesus's righteousness for our unrighteousness. And all the things 
that come with that through our repentance and faith in Jesus, which leads us to Paul's second letter. So Paul's writing this second letter here to remind them that they need to ground their faith and hope in, in the future of Jesus's return because in this day, there were some saying that, oh, you've, you've been left behind. Jesus already came. And so you're, you're kind of out of luck. But that isn't the truth. Now, Paul's going to lay down the truth here that um, there's some things that are going to need to happen before Jesus' return. We'll know. It's not going to be a surprise. And he also opens his letter in this, um, in the opening, rather. In the opening, he describes for us this this kind of dichotomy to the Christian life. Um, the, the fact that we, we each come to Jesus individually based on our own repentance and faith. We, do, we don't come to Jesus underneath someone else's umbrella of faith, and we, and we can't bring in someone underneath our umbrella of faith and, and think that that will, will save them. No, it's, it's an individual faith. But however, once we do come to faith in Jesus, then, then we're adopted into his family and we become part of this community of believers called the church and, and all that that brings with it too. And so Paul begins his second letter by, by greeting the church on Silvanus and Timothy in his behalf, kind of with this understanding that, that this is a team effort here. We have collectively, we've ministered to you as a church and, and now we are writing to greet you and follow up on um, some of the concerns and misapprehensions and misconceptions that you have. So, so as a group, this ministry is reaching out to the church at Thessalonica. Then he goes on to to talk about them in in a way, and he says here to the church of the Thess- to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says in God our Father. So this idea that we be, that we are gathered together inside the body. Of, of Christ prior to um, being gathered, gathered together on his return. So we're already in the family. And he commends them on some, um, some attributes that he, f- that he finds to be commendable. He, he first reminds them that, that he's grateful and he's thankful to God for them and for their faith, and he brags them up. In this case, he's commending them on their, their faith that's growing and the love that they have for one another and the, the, the regard that he has for their faith and for their f- patience and that's, that's growing. All of this is growing in spite of the persecutions and the tribulations. And so Paul sees that as that praiseworthy. So this this is not again not unlike our world today. Our world today is is full of uh, of division. So Paul's commenting them on their brotherly love, the love that they have for one another. We we see today in our world, um, especially today, that um, the love of, of of brothers is growing cold. That that there is um, all sorts of division, all sorts of hate and discontent going on in the world. And, and in the church as well. And, but Paul's commending them that this church here has, has great faith and love for one another. And it's um, praiseworthy and it's uh, something he wants to brag. He, he's telling this church, man, I'm bragging on you guys because of your, of your love for one another and, and this patience and faith through the persecutions and tribulations that you've had. And so Paul's letter 
also goes on to say that that it it stays true to the fact that that when Jesus told us that no one would know the hour um, or the day of his return, that Paul's not going to add to that. He's he's going to talk to us in in these general terms that that we would uh, describe as seasons. We we're going to we've been told also to be aware of our the seasons, so we're not caught off guard. So we're found continually working and waiting for the return of the Lord. And so as we see the, the events in our world shape up around us, um, and perhaps we, we see the seasons changing, can I encourage you to hold fast to, to, to Jesus and his promises, to display brotherly love, to um, endure tough times and even, even persecutions for the name of Jesus? Because as Paul says here, this is nothing new to the church that from from the very beginning they were needing to endure these persecutions and tribulations as well and so we're going to get into the rest of this letter over the couple of weeks and i hope it's encouraging for you so have a great week